Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. And welcome to the following on Cricket Podcast from TalkSport. Myself, John Norman, alongside me, Jarrah Kimber, in another beautiful location here in sunny south-east London. I'm not sure if it's Annerley, I don't know if it's Penge or Crystal Palace, but I do know that we're here and we're ready to talk crickets. Doesn't get much more exciting than this, Jared. How are you doing? Yeah, really enjoy standing in your car park of your apartment complex. It's quite nice here, the sun's out. It's quite green. I mean, if you turn that way, look, feel a bit better? I'm not saying it's ugly. I'm just saying we're at the car park at your apartment complex. Yeah, well, no, we're not looking at the car park. We're looking at this lovely foliage. Yeah, it's. I mean, the foliage is incredible. It's good foliage, quality foliage. Reminds me a bit of Australia. No. Okay, should we talk cricket? No. Um, player of the day. Well, it's been three days since the Lord's Test match. That's more than enough time to really digest all the ha- goings, comings and goings from that Test match. Not um, player of the day as we head towards a Steve Smith-less Headingley a little bit later today. Yeah, it's Joffre Archer, isn't it? Um, the ICC put up that ridiculous tweet saying, "Have you ever seen a more, you know, uh, was it impressive um, debut from a bowler?" And of course, a million people came up with them. Some of us just trolled them and said things like Jason Crazier. Do you remember Jason Crazier? Also, I do, I do, I do remember Jason Crazier. But the reason I really remember Jason Crazier is that you haven't stopped talking about Jason <laughs> Crazier since he made his debut. What did he take? Eight for a billion or something? He took twelve in the match actually for a billion. Uh, Colin de Grandon took uh, six for on debut, I think, as well. Um, Rabada was pretty good. Pat Cummins took a five for and hit the winning runs, I think, in a test match on debut. Anyway, um, so we've made fun of the ICC a little bit, but obviously, uh, you know... It's more than stats, though, isn't it? I mean, Bob Massey and his eight wickets or so, there's plenty of debuts that have gone particularly well, but this hints at something a little bit better than a Colin de Grandhome. 
Yeah, well, Pat Cummins hinted at something pretty good. Exactly. Pat Cummins is up there. I mean, if Joffre Archer is as good as Pat Cummins, then I think we were right to be excited. I think um, Colin de Grandholm is also on that level. He (laughs) might be a little bit quicker than the other two. I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the speaker. Look, look, no, it was was impactful, and I could see why people got excited, and I think they should. Um, He's he's a very clever cricketer as well. Um, People are going to talk about what an incredible athlete he is, but I think he's very smart. Uh, I think he's quality. And look, it was fun, wasn't it? Um, I see Australia coming out recently and saying, it doesn't matter how many helmets we win, it matters that we win the Ashes. It's funny, when Australia has the fast bowler that everyone's scared of, they talk about how they're going to hurt everyone. <laughs> and then the minute someone else has the fast bowler, they go, it's about wickets, mate. It's about wickets. You can't win a conversation with an Australian alpha male because he would change the conversation at all times. Tell me about it. I've been trying for many years. Yeah, well, that, you know, you've, you've, uh, you've got some bad friends there. But... Um, Look, Joffre's exciting, and I think we're rightfully excited by him. And if this pitch at Leeds is as quick as we're told it's going to be, then it'll be even more fun. Well, look, I've guaranteed my missus I'll be back on Sunday. So um, let's hope so, eh? Because nobody saw the first two test matches going all five days. And in fairness, the second test wouldn't have gone all five days if it wasn't for the weather. And the only reason the first test went all five days was because of Steve Smith. He's not playing. This is all the stuff I've told my wife. Story of the day. I mean, I, 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 sorry. You're getting choked up there. I'm just, just thinking how much your wife must be loving listening to the preview version of our podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, our story of the day is Steve Smith, because essentially Steve Smith uh, in his concussion has um, Glenn McGrath stood on a ball. Um, and Jimmy Anderson done his cough? Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure if that, that's quite as big, although only because of Jofra. Um, but yeah, I mean, we still don't know what the full impact of Jimmy... I mean, if, if Australia win the Ashes and Jofra's bowling as good as he continues to... Um, then you'd have to say that Jimmy Anderson is a huge deal. But if, if England win the Ashes, then Jimmy's calf hasn't played as big a role, has it? But, you know, the, the fact that... The thing gonna... is, though, England, uh, Australia only need to win one test out of three to regain the Ashes. They're almost certain to do that, aren't they? I mean, you, because of the rules change or the laws change, Steve Smith was replaced. Glenn McGraw was replaced. Jimmy Anderson wasn't replaced. So you could say it's actually a bigger deal. In that one test? Mm. Yeah, I suppose. But also, Australia were going to miss... Wow, that was as close as I've come to winning an argument against an Australian alpha male. But then I was just about to say that... uh, No, no, it's fine. (laughs) That if you think about it the other way, uh, which is that Australia, for the first time ever, going to miss Steve Smith for an entire test, and you can't actually replace Steve Smith um, at all. So it may be that, you know, the Steve Smith hole is as big as the Jimmy Anderson. But it's a fair point. But, But it is interesting that the first time we ever have a concussion rule... Um, Steve Smith is going to miss the next test. I wonder if we hadn't, if it, and I know Creed Australia the leaders in this, and and don't get me wrong, I think you know Will Pekoski almost gets concussed every time he bats, and you know people. Well, talk- Chris Rogers was concussed about three times, and then told to put go and sit, stand at short leg. Yeah, and then um, yeah, that was a while back. But Justin Langer as well, who should be the expert in this because you know he of all the cricketers who potentially have CTE, he'd have to be one of the closest. He'd been hit in the head so many times. Um, so they are, they are the leaders in pushing forward, but it would be interesting if we didn't have the concussion rule and, and, and the substitution, whether Steve Smith would actually have played on and whether certainly whether he would have played in this other test. So it's, it, there's a lot of interesting things that have come together. And I think, yeah, Anderson's um, hamstring is one of them. Joffre making his debut and then the concussion rule. It, it's quite interesting. So the story of the day is all of those things, but mostly it's Steve Smith.
Well, rich pickings for Anodyne press conference moment of the day. Joe Root's been speaking, so you could essentially put in 12 minutes of that. Um, or you could put in a slightly better speaking Tim Payne, maybe 30 seconds of that. Chris Wokes was also uh, a guest with uh, Darren Goff. I'm sure there's something in that as well. Let's find out. Not too many guys, or there's one other that have averaged higher than Stephen Test cricket. So um, clearly they're, they're huge, huge, huge shoes to fill. And um, we don't put all that pressure on Marnus. Marnus comes in um, to play a role in our team, and um, it's up to everyone else, particularly our senior players, to um, to just make sure we give that little bit more output and um, cover Steve as best we can. I uh, haven't got a team yet. Um, we'll probably announce that at the toss. Um, yeah, we're obviously looking at maybe a bowling change um, at this stage, um, but again, we'll get through training today um, and make again the best decision we think is, is the best combination to win this game. So I'm um, sorry to bore you with the same answer, but um, that's all I can give you at this stage. Wilksy, first up, well done so far in this series. Thanks, mate. Yeah, it's um, it's been an interesting one, hasn't it, really? I suppose we didn't play to our ability at Edgebaston. Um, you know, we, you know, like test cricket's like, you've got to put it, out, put it on for, for five days, and we didn't do that there. Uh, but to come back at Laws the way we did, um, you know, in a game which was obviously interrupted by rain quite a bit, um, but also to get as close as we did to get the win was, you know, would have been would have been nice to get over the line. But I think it gives us some good momentum coming into this test match. It must be weird, by the way, um, without having Jimmy Anderson in the side those first two matches because we we're all used to seeing him in every single test match home and abroad, and suddenly he's not here. It must be really weird. You've taken kind of more of a almost like the senior bowler alongside Brody now. Yeah, I suppose so. I think when you lose your your best bowler, you know, there's no doubt that Jimmy is that. Um, you know, you're gonna, I suppose, as, as players, you have to step up, and and someone needs to put their hand up. Um, you know, Broadie's obviously an extremely experienced player. Um, you know, I'm probably one of the one of the more senior guys in the team now, actually looking down the list. So. Um, yeah, it's been nice to, to, to perform to a decent standard, but obviously when you lose a, a quality bowler like Jimmy, you know, it is going to affect a little bit. But, um, you know, it's an opportunity for us to, to put our hands up and perform and to see Jofra come in as a young guy on test debut to bowl the way he did at Lords. Um, you know, it's exciting, but, you know, really pleased for him as well. With your bowling in these first two test matches, how do you think you bowl? It's my personal opinion. I think you bowl really well, but how do you feel in yourself with the rhythm and everything? Yeah, I feel like I'm in decent rhythm. I feel like I'm bowling nicely. Um, you know, as a bowler goffer, you, you kind of you get in a bit of a rhythm and you feel like it's feeling quite easy. And actually, I feel like I'm feeling like that at the minute. It doesn't feel difficult. Um, you know, I'm not trying to force the issue. I feel like I'm in good rhythm. Uh, and it's coming out nicely. Hopefully, here at Headingley, it will move around a little bit for us. As you know, in the past, it has done that here. So hopefully, that will benefit us. But you know, as a bowler, I feel like I've gone all right in this series so far. Picked up, I think, seven wickets in two games. Um, you know, and hardly bowled in the second innings. To be honest with you, last game. So um, yeah, I feel like I'm in decent rhythm, and you know, hopefully, I can continue that this week. Okay, rant of the day. Do you have one? I've got a mini rant. Go. Okay, so it's long been a huge problem within the game, within the test game. It's paid lip service about being the primary form, yada, yada, yada. But why do we have a situation here where we have two test matches essentially within two weeks? Now, we know the answer. It's because of cram scheduling. There was a World Cup not that long ago. At the end of the day, uh, cricketers are like aeroplanes. They're only making money when they're either playing or the aeroplanes are flying. 
and essentially it's cricket, cricket, cricket. In fact, today the 2020 international schedule for England was released. And again, I mean, it's cricket all the way through from May up until uh, August. Then, of course, England go to India, live and exclusive on TalkSport. Then it's a World T20. Then they come back for... Yesterday, Scotland, Papua New Guinea. Exactly. It's just, it's just, I mean, it's just cricket all, all the time. But unfortunately, there has to be a drop-off. You know, you cannot schedule this amount of test cricket or any cricket and continue to keep the quality at the level that we're supposedly seeing every time we, you know, shell out 100 quid to go and watch a test match. If a test match is about the primacy of the game, if a test match is about the, the highest quality, then you've surely got to have a, the test match has got to be spaced um, far enough apart from the other test matches so that the best players can play consistently. And once again, this is not the case. So all of those hundreds of thousands of cricket fans who have paid money to go to Leeds to watch the greatest batsman in 50 years are not going to see him play because this test match comes too close to the last one. All of those people who shell out hundreds and thousands of pounds to come and see the best swing bowler in a generation aren't going to see him play because he was rushed back to a test match and there hasn't been enough time for him to get fit now it may well turn out that Jimmy Anderson's crop for the rest of the summer it may well turn out that Steve Smith is crop for the rest of the summer and they wouldn't have got this played this test match even if it wasn't three days after the last one but the point still remains if you want test cricket to be at the top of the game then you have to ha allow for the best players to play and you don't allow for the best players to play if you shoehorn them in to under two weeks yeah i think also we're seeing now and shane bond i think talked about this um uh, when he was talking about the australian crook bowls is you can't play them in every test and we're now at a position where I think we've probably got enough science on this to work out that, you know, fastballs need more of a rest, which, you know, and we're following what basically what baseball does with pitchers um, so that when, when James Pattinson plays, he's playing at as close to 100% as possible rather than what probably happened in, you know, over the last 10 years is players like Anderson and Dallas Stanley are incredible um, athletes probably playing 85 to 95% most of the time. They're not at their peak. And now what, Cricket Australia being able to do because of their bowling depth and England might be able to do when with Wood, Joffre um, together, uh, you know, and, and a few other options is they might be able to pick guys when they're at their absolute peak. But that also means that someone's paying 80 quid to not see that anymore because we've crammed in this this entire thing. But honestly, I thought Scotland played really well against Papua New Guinea yesterday. Unluckiest of the day. Well, it's pretty obvious, isn't it, Jared? Uh, it's Hazelwood, yeah. Um, it, interesting, isn't it? Because... He's missed the first test. He's come in. He looked incredible. I remember talking to Stephen Finn um, when I was recording something with him a couple of weeks ago, and I said, oh, yeah, Hazel won't play in the first test. And he goes, everyone who's faced him is saying he's playing 90-mile-an-hour outswing. And we kind of saw him bowl 90-mile-an-hour outswing. But they are – it actually just follows on from the last question. They're, they're thinking he, for him to bowl 90-mile-an-hour outswing, he has to miss a test. So he has to play one, miss one, play one, miss one. And if that's the case, that Australia are willing to do that. Um, and him and Pattinson might never play in a test match together – and they might platoon them, to use a baseball term, um, which, is, which is interesting. And, it, you know, it, it, it is a new way of looking. But for Hazelwood, who probably just wants to play every single test he can, he's probably thinking, come on now. But I, th I think we're seeing um, perhaps, and Australia's a different um, animal because of what they have, but I think we'll see more and more teams probably going down this thing of you, it's worth having a slightly worse bowler who's 100% fit rather than your best bowler at 85% and, and tired. I'm, I, I talked to... 
um, Ed Smith, maybe day three or day four at Edgebaston. Clunk. Yeah. I was going to get a Diet Coke. You know, he was dressed like Ed Smith, so we came together. Um, and um, uh, he was talking about just how exhausted the team was after the World Cup and how... Um, but he, Funny, that. Yeah, and he was also saying that the Australian team, he thought, were, were maybe a little bit tired as well. Um, but certainly the English team... Um, he gets paid a lot of money for this insight. Yeah, but the, but the point is that teams are now... In the past, I think what a chairman of selectors would have said would have been get just jog on, play on, you know. And, and now I think what they're doing is going, okay, we need to we need to you know uh, uh, rotate players. We need to make sure that they are available because we want our players at the peak when they're actually in the side. So in some ways, we might get a better quality of Test cricket at times, um, and the players won't be overworked. I mean, um, you know, Graham Swan, Jimmy Anderson. Being two of the most overworked cricketers in the history of the game, um, and you know, I think there's a certain point where we have to think about whether we're getting the most out of them if you're using them that much, and I don't think we are. I would also say that that's all well and good for a five-test Ashes series, but you know, most of the cricket that's going to be played over the next, you know, millennia is going to be two-test series. So, good luck, you know, operating that t- philosophy. Mistake of the day. There's not a lot to go on in the three days that we've had, but I suppose a somewhat of a surprise that England are seemingly going in with exactly the same 11 into this Test match when you consider that they very closely came to losing the last one. Is that a surprise I wonder, or a mistake? Well, I wonder how much of it is uh, Ed Smith, Ashley Giles type people of their age remembering when England would get behind and things wouldn't quite go their way and they'd make a million changes. Because there's, there's a possibility that they could have gone nuts could have got rid of Roy and Denley um, sh- um, straight away and um, could have brought in uh, you know another young fast bowler although I think they're all injured all the, all the backups in the moment but they you know they could have gone that down that kind of um, uh, thinking and instead they've gone with the same so y- you could say that in some sense they're backing these guys it's just that I'm not sure that these guys are particularly going to win them an ashes but as I've said many times on TalkSport before I'm not sure there's better options either so they're back- backing the guys that they believe in uh I don't think it's going to come up for them, but it's it's a nice idea, I suppose. I suppose the fact that there's no Red Bull cricket being played as well means that there's nobody scoring runs or taking wickets. We'll say that. I mean, there's a, a round of county championship games that have just started this weekend. But still, the point is, you know, if you're saying you should replace Roy at the top of the order or Denley at four, it's not like you can turn to the county championship and go, look, Gary Balance has just scored a million runs. Although Gary Balance has actually scored a million runs. Didn't, wasn't there a game during the last test and everyone failed anyway? So, you know, it probably wasn't ideal. Well, the moment of the day, I suppose, for you, Jared, is uh, just a couple of hours away from now as you uh, pack up the kids and the missus, slam, shut the doors, get in the car and head up the motorway to Yorkshire, your second home. I thought, I thought you were going a completely different direction at times there. Uh, yes, uh, you know, for, for Australians, we sort of only believe that the North is uh, the only part of English cricket that we respect in any way. Um, Durham. Yeah, well, we didn't know about Durham till the 90s. I suppose no one knew about Durham till the 90s, to be fair. Um, the Tasmania of England. But, um, uh, but yeah, no, certainly I think, you know, Yorkshire is... You read old Australian cricket books and they go on and on about how people from Yorkshire and Lancashire are just tougher and better than any other, any of you southern dandies, uh, which is basically how it's described, really. So, um, no, no, it's good. I love it. Um, uh, you know, Yorkshire cricket for me was probably the one I knew the most about coming over to the UK. And, you know, Leeds is, as a ground is maybe a bit of a disappointment. The food isn't great. Yeah. Oh, I'm more meant, even the ground, it, I don't know, like I really like going to Old Trafford and Edgbaston and Nottingham and I don't get that same buzz from Leeds to ground, but I do love being up in Yorkshire and um, 
and, and following cricket there. It's, you know, it's, it is one of the cricket heartlands of the world. You know, you, you have these little places that have just produced so many cricketers. And, you know, it, it's the Barbados of England, as many people say. Do you know what, actually? The, do you know the best thing about Headingley? It's that little bookshop yeah. that's the other side of the uh, main stand. And when you walk round from the main stand and look back across, actually, the view is a little bit more impressive, isn't it? Because they have built that, the university block. Um, and we've picked up a couple of nuggets there. In fact, have you got my, still got my copy of CLL James that I picked up from there? Or have I got that? I don't know. I don't know where it is. Yeah, no. Well, my favourite story about that was when someone walked up to the bookstore and said, uh, I've got a copy of Dickie Bird's book autographed. And the woman looked at him and said, yeah, it's worth more if it's not. <laughs> well, on that note, that's our lull of the day. We missed a lull of the day. There it is. Um, yes, we will be back there. We're heading up to Yorkshire later today. Uh, I hope you join us after day one of the third test match. Um, uh, there will be no Steve Smith there will be no Jimmy Anderson but there will be a John Norman and Jarrah Kimber and if you like to subscribe and you like the following on podcast then you can check us out on Acast or iTunes or whatever and uh, be sure to subscribe and leave us a really nice review see you in Leeds The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you are keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.